Welcome to the podcast of New Covenant Church in Albuquerque, where we focus on the Bible, faith, and life issues. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you on your faith journey. Now, here's our message. Good morning. Happy New Year. Uh, how many of you ha- have some New Year's resolutions? Raise your hand. All right, you got some New Year's resolutions. Okay, it is 10.22 a.m. on January 1st. How many of you already have failed in your New Year's resolutions? Anybody? Okay. Um, well, th- what, what an awesome day. What an awesome time to start off the, the new year, the first Sunday, the first day of 2023. Um, and instead of talking about uh, New Year's resolutions this morning, um, I want to try a, a different approach. I want to take you on a walk through an Old Testament story. And let's see what we can glean and what God wants to show us and what he wants to teach us this morning. Um, now, we're going to start, or we'll, we'll be in the Old Testament, but we're going to start today in, in Acts 17 um, and use it as a presupposition. So this is a, a beginning point of thought. This is the why of what we are talking about this morning. So Paul is in the, the, the Areopagus in Athens, and he's preaching to a group of people, and this is what he says. Acts 17, 24 through 27. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by men, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life, breath, and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. Men and women, you were created by God to seek and to find Him. And when you do, to have a deep, intimate relationship with Him. We all have a a God-shaped vacuum, a God-shaped hole in our hearts. That is our presupposition this morning. Uh, Everyone you know, everyone you know is seeking God, whether you know it or not, Um, whether they know it or not. Now, we try to fill it with so many other things. That's a whole different sermon. We're we're not going to go into that today. But but, um, so I'm going to take you on this journey. And so this, I'm just going to ask you to hang on with me. We're going to do a bit of a Bible drill uh, this morning. All right. This is this is all one story, but. There's a lot to it. I'm probably going to have to paraphrase uh, some verses so we can kind of get through all of this. But but I'll just kind of set the stage here. This is the time in the time of the judges. So we're going to be in 1 Samuel. 
This, this is the time of the judges, so this is before Israel had, had, had a king. Uh, and, and this, what we're going to talk about this morning, is, guys, you should like this. This is a battle scene, all right? The Israelites are about to go into battle against, against the Philistines, who, who are their absolute worst enemies, all right? So let's, let, let's get into this. First Samuel chapter 4, uh, verse 1. Now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines. They encamped at Ebenezer, and the Philistines encamped at Aphek. The Philistines drew up in line against Israel, and when the battle spread, Israel was defeated before the Philistines who killed about 4,000 men on the field of battle. And when the people came to the camp, the elders of Israel said, why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord here from Shiloh, that it may come among us and save us from the power of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh and brought brought from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Hosts, who is enthroned on the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were with the Ark of the Covenant. As soon as the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel gave a mighty shout so that the earth resounded. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shouting, they said, what does this mean, this great shouting in the camp of the Hebrews mean? And when they, they learned that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp, the Philistines were afraid, for they said, a God has come into this camp. And they said, woe to us, for nothing like this has happened before. Woe to us, who can deliver us from the power of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the, 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 the Egyptians with every sort of plague in the wilderness. Take care, courage and be men, O Philistines, lest you become the slaves to the Hebrews as they have been to you. Be men and fight. So the Philistines fought and Israel was defeated and they fled to every, every man to his home. And there was a very great slaughter for 30,000 foot soldiers of Israel fell. And the ark of God was captured, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas died. All right, so, so there's the scene. The Israelites, God's chosen people, were defeated in battle, so they sinned for the ark of the covenant. Now, now why is that important? Um, because the, where the ark was, that's where God was. If you had the, the ark nearby, that meant God was nearby. Um, you see, before Pentecost happened, uh, you know, it, it, in the New Testament, God, God did not indwell us. He did not indwell his people. He came upon people for a time. That's why the psalmist says, please don't, don't take your spirit from me. Uh, but he did not indwell us uh, back then. It was not a permanent thing. So where, where the ark was, God was. So they, they bring the ark to, to, to the next battle, and you just can kind of see it. You know, I mean, the ark's coming in, and, I mean, all the men are like, ooh, ooh, 
who, 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 who. Yeah, I mean, they're just shouting and, you know, freaking out the, 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 the Philistines. And uh, the Philistines thinking, man, we're going to lose. We don't know what's going on. This is crazy. So, so they fight, but Israel loses again. And they lose 30,000 men. And the ark was captured. Let's go on with the story. A man of Benjamin ran from the battle line and came to Shiloh that same day in his clothes torn and with dirt on his head. When he arrived, Eli was sitting on his seat by the road, watching, for his heart trembled for the ark of God. And when the man came into the city and told the news, all the city cried out. When Eli heard the sound of the outcry, he said, what is the uproar? What's, what's going on here? Then the man hurried and came and told Eli. Now Eli was 98 years old, and his eyes were set so that he could not see. And the man said to Eli, I am he who has come from the battle. I have fled the battle today. And he said, how did it go, my son? He who brought the news answered and said, Israel has fled before the Philistines. And there has been a great defeat among the people. The two sons, also, your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead. And the ark was captured. As soon as he mentioned the ark of God, Eli fell over backward from his seat by, by the gate. And his neck was broken and he died. For the man was old and heavy. I feel that sometimes. Um, <laughs> He judged Israel for 40 years. Now, that, that's, just, that's just a bad day. <laughs> um, but wait, it gets worse. Now, his daughter-in-law, the wife of Phinehas, was pregnant, about to give birth. And when she heard the news of the ark of, of, the God, was, of God was captured and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed and gave birth. For her pains came upon her. And about that time of her death, the woman attending her said, do not be afraid, for you have borne a son. But she did not answer or pay attention, and she named the child Ichabod, saying, the glory has departed from Israel. Because the ark of God had been captured, and because of her father-in-law and her husband, and she said, the glory has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. Ichabod. Ichabod means, where is the glory? It means, the glory of God has departed. That's what the ark was for Israel, the place where God was. Now, we know it, it's different because God, God dwells in us now. Um, we experience God differently, um, but ha ha have you ever felt that way? Ichabod, the glory of God has departed from you, where you're like, where are you, God? I don't, I, I, I just don't feel you anymore. Ichabod. I've definitely felt that in my life. How, but how do you get it back? 
How do you get back God's presence and his glory? Well, let's continue on in this story. And this is where I'm, I'm going to kind of summarize some, some things here. So, so the, Philist, the Philistines, they capture the ark, and then they take it on what, 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 what I call the uh, Great Philistine Ark Tour, all right? Um, they take it to a bunch of different cities. They take it, take it to um, Ashod, Gath, Ekron. They keep moving it around. So the first stop was Ekron, or a- a- Ashod, excuse me. Now, in Ashod, there is a temple there, and this temple was for a lower G god, Dagon, all right? So this, the, there's this temple. So they, they bring the Ark of the Covenant inside the temple, and the priests take it in there, you know, then, then they, they, they kind of lock it up for, 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 for the night, and, um, and they come in the next morning, and old Dagon, the statue, Dagon, is face down towards the Ark, all right? So, you know, the priests walk in, and the priests are like, what's going on? You know, is there like a tremor, earthquake, or something maybe happened? You know, so let's hoist old Dagon back up. And um, so they did that, and then they went on to their, their duties. They, they lock up for the night. They leave. Next morning, they come in. Not only is Dagon face down to the ark, but his head and his hands are cut off. Um, so then they start to think, something's going on here. <laughs> um, but then tumors start breaking out all over the people. So finally they're like, all right, we got to get this ark out of here. This is a little too weird for us. Let's move it on to Gath. Same thing happens. They get it in the Gath. Tumors start breaking out, and they're like, okay, Gath people, they, they, had, they, they didn't want anything to do with that. Moved it on. They moved it to Ekron. Tumors started again, but panic was also uh, settling in uh, just within the people. And so finally they're like, all right, we've had enough of this ark thing. Let's give it back with a guilt offering (laughs) back, back, back to Israel. So they put it on a new cart. So they put it on, on, a, on a wooden cart. They attached two cows to it that had not calved, and they put it on the road to Beth Shemesh. Um, they followed it to make sure that, you know, they had some guys kind of take it down there. They make sure that, that it got into to, to, to the Israelites, um, and then they ran back home. Um, Israelites, they see it. They're so happy. They, they, they chop up the, the cart. Um, they sacrifice the cows. Um, but they did something that they weren't supposed to do. They looked into the ark. Um, so, you know, maybe they thought, you know, these Philistines, they probably stole something. You know, we should probably just open it up, check it out, make sure everything's in there. So, so, so they looked in there, and problem is, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> Remember Raiders of the Lost Ark? Remember that whole scene? Okay, that's the type of thing that, that, that happens. when. Um, so God struck down 70 people. Um, the Israelites were all just very sad. They, they had some men from another town 
come down, they got the ark, and they take it to someone's home, and there it stayed for 20 years. They just kind of left it there for 20 years. Now, that, that part is very important. Um, they, put, they just put it at this guy's house, and the ark wasn't around during those 20 years. Um, it wasn't a focal point or, 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 or in the lives of, uh, of Israel uh, for a long time. And it got me thinking, you know, so many times in my life, I felt like I just put God away for, 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 for a little while. I mean, he was still there. You know, I was still a Christian. I still had God's spirit. But I kind of put him off to the side. Um, you know, you're, you're saved, but you don't have God's presence there in your life on a daily basis. That's not, not ever worked out well for me. Um, I tend to make bad decisions when I'm not in tune with, with God and walking with God. Um, have you ever felt like that? It, have any of you ever done that? How's that worked out for you? Um, we need to experience God's presence daily. Why? Because that's what we were made for. Remember Acts 17? We were made for God to have an intimate, daily relationship with Him. Back to the story. Lots of changes happen during, during the, the, these 20 years. They go from uh, Israel being, judged, being ruled by the judges into Saul uh, becoming king. And so now we fast forward a little bit to 2 Samuel 6, when David is now king. Uh, now, David is a man after God's own heart. He loves God. He wants his presence in his life and, 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 and in the life of Israel. So he decides to bring the ark of God back into the city of God. So let's read 2 Samuel 6, verse 1. David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Bel Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, who sits enthroned on the cherubim. And, and they carried the ark of God on a new cart. So they got a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinab, were driving the new cart with the ark of God, and Ohio went before the ark. Now, and David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals, and when they came to the, flesh, the, the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God. Remember, it was, it, was, it was on a hill. Put out his hand to the ark of God to take hold of it because the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. And God struck him down there because of his error, and he died there beside the ark of God. 
So you got David, who's, who's a man after God's own heart. He, he wanted God's presence with him in, 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 in Jerusalem. And, and so he went down to, to go get the ark. And they brought it down w- with this new cart and was, was bringing the ark of, uh, of God to Jerusalem, dancing, singing, oxen stumbles, Uzzah reaches up, he dies. Why did he die? Because you're not supposed to touch the ark. You're not supposed to look in the ark. You're not supposed to touch it. There's only certain ways in which who, who can touch it and for reasons why, and we're going to find out. And so in verse 8, it says, David was angry because the Lord had, broke, uh, had, had broken out against Uzzah. And that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David, but David took aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the, the, the Giddite, and the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom for, for three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Can't you just see David's heart in this? He's like, how, how can I bring the ark of the Lord, which represents the presence of God, how can I bring it back to the city of God? Um, I want your presence in my life, in the life of Israel. How can I bring it back? Have you ever been there personally? <laughs> God, how, how can I get your presence back into my, into my life where, where, where I feel you and, and I just know you're there? Um, so finally, David, he's like, he's here in Obed-Edom's house, is just being blessed. And by the way, a little side note, when God, where God's presence is, is there in your life, there's blessing that happens. Um, so David's like, let's just go get it. So verse 12, he says, And it was told King David, the Lord had blessed his household of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought it up from the, the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city with David rejoicing. And when those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fattened animal, and David danced before the Lord with all his might. They all took six steps, and they put everything down, and they had a worship service saying, thank God we're still alive. We didn't die. They're jumping around. They're hugging each other. This is another little side note. Sometimes I wish we had a little more reverence like that for, for God. I mean, we, I mean, God is our friend. I mean, we tend to think of him as our friend, and he loves us, and that is absolutely true. But we also sometimes forget how powerful and how mighty and how he created everything in this universe. And if he were to walk in this place right now physically, we would fall down on our faces, not able to look at him. Um, that is our God. 
there's a subtle thing that happened in this story, and it's very easy to overlook. What was different about the first time David went to bring back the, the, bring back the ark to this time? Well, let's read. Exodus 25, 13, and 15. This, this tells you how the ark of God should be carried. You shall make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. And you shall put the poles into the rings on the side of the ark and carry the ark by them. So they have these little poles and they have these little loops that, that go through and hook, kind of hook through the, the ark. And you got two different poles and you got four people, one on each end, carrying the ark. That's how the ark was supposed to be carried. Um, the poles shall remain in the rings of the ark and they shall not be taken from it. So, how did first the Philistines carry it? They carried it on a cart, remember? When it was brought back to the Israel, they thought, oh, well, the Philistines did it this way. It probably it worked out okay. So, so David also tried the first time to bring it back by a cart, but then someone went back to the Word of God and read, oh, wait a second, you're not supposed to carry the ark on a cart. You're supposed to carry it with poles. That's how you're supposed to carry the ark. And so for me, I look at that and I say, okay, the ark represents God's presence. So if I want the presence of God in my life, then I need to do it his way. Right? I need poles in my life. I need to do it his way, not my way, not, not, not the culture's way. I need to do it his way. It, and that goes in all aspects of our lives. In my marriage, the way I raise my kid, my kids, in, 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 in my business, if I want to experience God's presence in those areas, then I need to do it his way. Am I loving my, life, my, my wife like Christ loved the church? No. Well, then I'm not going to experience God's presence in my marriage. Um, this is where this sermon gets real practical. I'm going to hit on a few different areas and give some practical advice where you can experience God's presence more fully in those areas. Husbands, guys, I touched on it. Are you loving your wife right? Are you putting her needs in front of your own? If not, it's going to be real hard to fully experience God's presence in your life. Um, having a relationship with Jesus is more than, more than just knowing him, um, but it's about doing what he says, um, being obedient to what, what God's word says. Men, are you being the spiritual leader of your home? Wives, do you respect and love your husband? 
Are you allowing him to be the spiritual leader? Are you encouraging him to be the spiritual leader? There's a great marriage conference coming up um, in Albuquerque. It's called Weekend to Remember. Um, It's held at the Tamaya. Um, and February 17th through, through the 19th, you can sign up online. Great opportunity to get away with your spouse um, and just work on your marriage. Um, so if you are married, I would encourage you, make 2023 marriage your top priority. That is the most important thing. Those of you who aren't married, some of you are sitting here going, well, you know, not married yet. Um, I'm hoping to be one day. Um, um, But my question to you is, are you dating the right way? Um, Are you staying pure? Um, I've counseled a lot of couples through through the years and a lot of problems uh, that start when when they were dating uh, end up really affecting them. Um, as they go on and get married um, by not setting up healthy boundaries, um, especially in the physical realm. And so I've been asked a lot. um, I used to be a youth pastor, college pastor, and young adults. And um, I've been asked, well, where's the line? (laughs) Um, How far is too far? I mean, hugging, kissing. I mean, we won't go into all that on Sunday morning. Um, but where is the line? Um, how, how close can I get without crossing the line? That's, that's most of our mindsets, right? Um, and my response is, it's not how close you can get to the line. It's how far away can you stay away from the line? Um, how holy can you be in that relationship? Um, some of you are still waiting for, for the right person um, but, but you're not becoming the right person. Um, you're looking for the right husband. You're looking for the right wife. But you're not becoming the right future husband or wife. Um, are you trusting God uh, that he has your best interest, interest in mind? What about the area of finances? Dave, don't go there. I know, I know. Are you honoring God with your first fruits? Is, is giving a part of who you are? Are you spending more than, than what you're making? <laughs> um, you probably aren't experiencing God's presence and peace if you're not honoring him with, with your finances. Um, I've been there. We have a... Um, a great class coming up uh, January 17th at, uh, called Financial Peace University. It's going to meet on Tuesday nights. goes through how to deal with your finances in, in, j- just in a very biblical way. You can sign up online. You can sign up out uh, in the foyer. We have two amazing people that, that are leading that class and actually live this out. Um, so I encourage you, get your finances right. Do it God's way. What about church? Church. Um, some of you may be thinking that church is, is just something you show up to Sunday morning. Um, 
but it's not. I mean, I'm glad you're here. I encourage you, keep on coming. Um, but this isn't all church is about. Church is about connecting with other believers, encouraging each other. Um, we have small groups. Um, we're going to be starting out a lot, lot, lot more, uh, starting up a lot more small groups. If you're interested in joining one, please let me know. Are you using your gifts? Um, church isn't just about coming and receiving and receiving and receiving. And I'm, I mean, I'm so glad that we have Pastor Dave here, and he's such a great teacher of God's word. But if it's all just about you receiving and not giving back and using your gifts and using your talents and using your treasures to further the kingdom, um, um, then, then, then you're not going to experience all that God has for you. And so I want to encourage you. If you want to get in, you want to use your gifts, you want, you want to figure out how to serve, um, come talk to me. Um, some of you may be like, Dave, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, I don't know God. Um, I've never experienced his presence. Remember what, 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 what we talked about in Acts 17? Um, verse 27 says, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. If that's you this morning, you have a God-shaped hole in your heart that was put there by God. Jesus came to this earth. He died on the cross for your sins and mine so that we might have a relationship with him, so that we might know him but your sin is separating you from him. And all you have to do, all you have to do is just believe in him, trust in him, trust that he died for you, and that God raised him from the dead, and you shall be saved. If you accept that and accept him, he will come into your life, live in your life through his Holy Spirit, and he will never let you go you will truly experience his presence. If that's something you would like to do, I'm going to pray in just a little while, and I, I want you to pray with me. Um, and I want you to repeat after me just in your heart. I'm not going to make you raise your hand. I'm not going to do any of that. Just let's, let's just go to the Lord right now because I feel like there's someone in here um, that needs to accept Jesus. Wouldn't it be a great... Great, awesome day, January 1st, 2023, to say, yes, God. Let's pray. Father, I want to lift up um, just somebody in here who, who, who may not know you. And so, God, we know that you want to save us. We know that you want to have relationship with us. And so, God, I pray that that person, and if that's you, just repeat after me, God, I need you. God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for um, following my own desires, um, 
God, I want you in my life, and I ask that you forgive me and come into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you did that today, I'd love to talk to you after church. Um, um, now, I just touched on a few areas here. Um, but in everything, we should be seeking God out. The best way to do that for us in 2023, just spend time with God. <laughs> just spend time in his word. Pray. If, when things come up, when hard things uh, come your way and you don't know how to deal with it, um, go to him. Come to the church. Come ask your pastors. We would love to sit down with you and walk through with you hard decisions. That's what we're here for. Um, so God, uh, so let's, let's make a, a, a commitment for this year uh, to do things God's way, not our way, but God's way, so that we might have his presence in our lives. Amen? Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. God bless you. This concludes today's message. We thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us. You can do that at our website, nccabq.org. From there, you can submit any questions, feedback, and your prayer requests. nccabq.org is also where you can learn more about New Covenant Church. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters, browse our online message archive, and even tune in and watch the stream of each weekly message. We hope you'll join us. Have a great week.